I'm Shivani Gupta. I'm obsessed with small to medium businesses growing. As business owners, we take so much risk and we want to make sure it's worth it. I believe one of the best presents you can give yourself as a business owner is to be able to learn how to scale your people, your profit and your processes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Grow Your Business podcast. I'm really excited to have our guest um, who, um, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see that we are very, very colour coordinated. We've actually worked out that I have a black shirt and she has fuchsia, I've got fuchsia pants on and vice versa for Alicia. So let me tell you a little bit about Alicia before we dive into some of the questions. Um, so Alicia Cook um, uh, is a health um, uh, informatician. She's a management consultant. She's in the past also been a public servant. And now she um, is working at Emerson Health. She founded that in 2016 because she wanted a very hands-on approach and wanted to have a full span of influence over shaping and delivering complex health system improvement projects. Um, She's also consulted to many firms um, and she has got a really clear idea in terms of the outcomes that health managers wanted and how external consultants can actually work with them to get those results. Um, She loves the intellectual stimulation and the satisfaction of creating really considered and pragmatic solutions to the big stuff that happens in healthcare. You know, when I speak to people, people talk about healthcare is one of the biggest things that we need to fix. Now, her CV is very long, but I'm not going to read all of it, but I just wanted to welcome her. Welcome, Alicia. Thanks so much, Shivani. Um, It's great to be here with you today. What I will also say is my name is Alicia, and I thought I'd better um, do you (laughs) <laughs> um, I normally don't flag this, but it is. Um, shall we restart? Oh, is that okay no, with you? Absolutely. Alicia is great. I've got a difficult name like Shivani, and I get called all sorts of things. So that is so great, Alicia. We, we I'm don't sorry. I normally, I normally just, I normally just take it, but I'm like this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's let's do Alicia. So Alicia, tell us a little bit about your journey, like your business journey, but also your personal journeys, and you know, often. It's defined by the the top um, or the bottom things that happen, the highs and our very lows that transform us into who we are. So take us through some of that journey that helps you arrive into who you are today. Mm. That's a great great introduction. Thank you. I suppose, um, you know, a bit of it came through in the introduction. I have a background in healthcare and and working in the public service, and that was, um, you know, that's been a journey that's been going on for uh, more than 20 years now is, is working in the health system. And I have seen it from um, professional services, uh, working in advertising for pharmaceutical manufacturers, all the way through to uh, working for a software vendor uh, and also being in uh, health reform initiatives in the in the government space. So it's been really exciting. Um, but what happened was I, I think I was, um, you know, I'd just been on the receiving end of a lot of really high-value consulting projects as a public servant and managing these contracts and um, running the procurements for them and then being really dissatisfied by the work that I was receiving. And that sort of made me start to think, well, you know, although there's, you know, a bit of a magic that happens in the black box of consulting, I was sort of thinking, well, maybe I could do this differently myself or like I sort of know what I was looking for and maybe I could do this for other people. So I suppose that was the first thing that happened. And it's just that little voice that's sort of, um, I suppose, just challenging you to think, oh, maybe you could do this a bit differently. Um, So I ended up leaving the public service and um, wasn't really sure what I was going to do. I thought I was going to pursue a career in psychology. 
And actually, I ended up uh, training in transformational coaching. And that was the best thing that I have done probably in my whole career because I I got this amazing framework for how you can use, um, I suppose, techniques to help people live up to their full potential and support them in, in what they want to do. And what I discovered later on, and this is with the benefit of hindsight, is that we really um, use coaching techniques now when we're working with our clients in consulting capacities. So um, that's sort of how it all came to be, I suppose. Um, you know, eventually you sort of have a little birdie on your shoulder that says, well, um, maybe you should start your own business or maybe you could do this a little bit differently. And, you know, eventually that's what I ended up doing. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? And it's great that that's part of your high in terms of because then you're able to use that high in the work that you're doing now. Um, Alicia, a lot of people, we all face problems and challenges um, in our business each day, in our families each day. Um, some people have processes, some people have rituals. Um, really curious to find out when you're faced with challenges, do you have systems, processes, like what do you do to solve them when they come your way um, and how do you go about, you know, addressing them? This is a really interesting one because there's lots of challenges and I suppose I, my reflection is that my capacity for dealing with challenges has, that muscle has really grown over time. So things that probably would bother Joe Bloggs on the street is like water off a duck's back. Um, and it's really only when you're facing something that you don't know how to handle or you haven't seen before that I think really throws you. Um, in my case, it was actually that my son uh, was uh, diagnosed as being neurodiverse and that happened last year. And that really um, was really challenging for me to process. Not that the diagnosis was a surprise, but just um, how how best to support him in the world really um sort of brought that into focus, I suppose. And so this year we actually decided to start homeschooling. And so I do that alongside um, my day job. Wow, that's um, that's big. Um, <laughs> some of us, you know, still talk about the challenges of managing that through um, the pandemic where, you know, a lot of our kids were at home Um so to do that now and um, and create that, that's, you know, that's really challenging. So do you have like a routine in terms of your mindset when you wake up each day, like knowing that you've got a homeschool, knowing that you've got your business to run and all the other things that you've got to run as well? Like how do you kind of set up for the day or how do you manage that as you it's, get up and all the things you've got to do in a day? It's really interesting. And the reason why I mention this is because I think there are a lot of female entrepreneurs who are neurodiverse and discover this as they sometimes um discovered in their children as well so I just think it's you know a, a reality that many of us face but in a nutshell uh, he's best in the morning so you know we're up at the crack of dawn like literally 4 35 a.m and you know we'll go through our normal morning routine and then I will do some structured learning with him and then actually we follow um, really what would be a natural or eclectic process after that where he's following his interests as a means of learning um, and I'm um, juggling all my other bits and pieces around the edges. So I have just had to be very frank with my clients and say, um, you know, this is what it looks like to work with us. And interestingly, um, the people who were always going to be Emerson Health clients, um, you know, th that's not a problem at all and that's always what it was. And there are people who were just like, well, this is just too out there for me. So, um, you know, we may not be a fit for them. So, yeah, it's, it's just a um, series of, um, juggling acts and adaptability, I think, is the answer. Yeah, yeah. And so that's happened last year. You've been doing all this great work at Emerson. So when you look at future aspirations, and some people talk about 
20-year plans, 10-year plans, five-year plans. And some people just say the next day, next quarter, next year, uh, whatever time frame that you have in terms of when you start to look at your future aspirations, would be really interested in some of the things that are there both from an Emerson perspective but also personal perspective and um, yeah, take us through some of that as you think through the start of the year in 2024 and what is it that you might um, want to see in the future for yourselves, both business and personally? It's a great question. Um, so, and obviously the last couple of weeks, you sort of focus your mind on what you'd like to achieve in the year ahead. And I have been trying to separate um, setting goals from so much from setting, you know, there's things I want to work towards, but actually it's actions that I want to set as the as the intentions for me because goals are great, but sometimes they're hard to achieve, but it's the actions that underpin them. If I can get those in order, I feel like I have a better chance of being happy with my performance. Um, so my biggest focus is really um, in Emerson Health. We are trying to, we've restructured the back end of the business over the last six months. And really my focus for the year ahead is uh, strengthening some of the things where I have been weaker. So that's around um, the marketing um, that I've always been a bit nervous to sort of do to my fullest potential, um, reshaping the business back end, um, looking at how we can focus on customer experience, uh, building in some more automation um, and seeing if we can have, you know, some strengthening the product quality and things like that, which is, you know, consulting is such a custom thing. It's, it's really tricky to be able to do that. And that's something that I would say I've struggled with for the last eight years, but this is the year that I'm going to do those things. Um, and on a personal level, it's really just going to be, um, I'm about to embark on a renovation because, you know, you can never have too many things to do. <laughs> yeah, I always say, um, yeah, my, my, my husband and I constantly have this conversation. He's like, surely you're not going to add another thing. And I'm like, it's just the optimum amount of things before the balls start to fall. If there's not enough balls in the air, I'm not very productive. So <laughs> I can absolutely relate to that. 100%. I think you need to, um, whenever I think that might be too much, I just think you need to give a task to a busy person because then you know it will get done. Yeah, I'm, it's so true, isn't it? That saying is 100% true. And um, I spend a lot of time um, talking to leaders and founders around people and scaling their businesses, et cetera, as well in terms of how to help their businesses grow. And, um, you know, we, we often talk about certain people in your teams that the ones that are busier and busier, just you're happy to give work to and they just somehow get it done and the ones that are not very productive somehow so busy that they can't, you know, take that on. Um, Alicia, tell us about leadership philosophies and there's, you know, or philosophies in general, but things that are really important to you, things that you abide by, you live by, um, perhaps there's certain quotes that you love. Um, but tell us a little bit about some of the leadership philosophies. And I know you talked about the transformational coaching piece, um, perhaps even some things that came out of that, that really, I guess, are guiding principles or guides in terms of how you live and how you work. Um, yes, yeah, so I actually um, wrote an article about leadership that I haven't published yet, but I, I thought I'd save it for my um, LinkedIn connections and for in a couple of months' time. But actually it was around um, this idea of what is it to be a leader because I never identified as a leader and I resisted uh, authority, like authority-laden titles that might suggest that I was a leader. So um, it's really, you know, this is a bit of, you know, hilarious and I laugh about it now. But actually, um, so when I set up my business, I called myself the principal consultant and I had that title for way too long. And even when I started to hire people, even then I was really reluctant to give that title up. And it wasn't until I actually had to promote people within the organisation to titles that reflected their 
role in seniority that I really had to take a long, hard look at myself. And so it was really hard for me to call myself the managing director. Um, and finally, I was able to do it. And it was because I didn't want to identify as a leader, despite that being what was going on. So if I think about a leadership philosophy, it's actually, it is something from coaching. Uh, it's Joseph Campbell's heroic journey. And um, if, if someone's listening to this or watching this and they haven't looked at that before, I'd really encourage them to have a look. It's this idea that um, there is a heroic monomyth in all of our cultures that has, you know, in all of our film and liter literature that we've known over the years um, of, a, of an unlikely, unlikely hero that goes on this transformational journey. And what happens along the way is that they might um, meet some allies and they might meet some mentors and they will have some little challenges or setbacks along the way, which is kind of like just training for the ultimate showdown in effect. And what happens is that they always come home. It's a uh, heroic journey circular, but you come home and you're forever transformed. And even though you've come home to where you started um, and you think about, you know, Bilbo Baggins in The Lord of the Rings, for example, things are never the same again. You've had a transformational experience. Um, and that's a metaphor for so many things like, you know, pregnancy and life and death and can I say business. So um, that's what I would advise people to um, have a look into. Yeah, that's awesome. And I love the hero's journey stuff because sometimes in business it feels like you do that about seven times in a day and you sort of go, yay, win. Oh, no, you know, that's not working. Here's another challenge as we were just speaking about as well. Um, Alicia, so you're doing um, homeschooling um, and you, you said you get up at the crack of dawn and it's a fairly early start because, you know, he's best early in the mornings. Um, and um, then you've got the business to run and then you've got, you know, other aspects of life to run. So are there things that you do for your wellness, whether it's um, physical or mental or emotional? Like what are some of the things that you do for your own wellness um, to help everybody else around you? And are there any rituals, whether they're daily, weekly, yearly, like that you have in your life as well? Yep, I'd say I'm very imperfect in all of these things. Um, I did learn transcendental meditation probably more than a decade ago now, and I don't do it very often, um, but it is fantastic. And um, a lot of people who are into that will talk about how good it is. Um, and I also really love yoga, but I can't do it as often as I used to be able to. Um, but when I think about what I have done for my health over the last period of time that I think has really made a difference is I actually um, was quite overweight and I decided to get um, bariatric surgery. And the reason that I did that was because I work in healthcare and um, I decided that I should be using evidence-based approaches. <laughs> and um, I had a look into the research about it and bariatric surgery was really probably one of the few proven methods of um, weight loss. And so I know that's a really uncommon thing, again, to be talking about, but actually uh, I think it was just a really pragmatic and practical decision that I made um, that would that would be make a change that was something that was beyond my own capacity um, to influence. So, you know, there's lots of different ways that you can look after your wellness, I'd say, and you just have to think about the thing that's, you know, right for you. I think it's great that you're talking about it, right, because I think there are so many people that, that think about it um, and I think it's great that being in that, um, in that sector um, and that industry that you've actually done that research and said, hey, I've read all of these things and this is what I'd want to do and, I'm a TMO or Vedic meditator or uh, transcendental med meditation as well. And um, do it, I have to do it every day. Otherwise my brain doesn't work very well. It gets really, really full. You definitely in the mornings, haven't got into the practice of being able to do it every night. Um, the, the night stuff's a little bit all over the place, but um, yeah, that's awesome in terms of there. And are there other rituals that you do um, 
are there any other things that you do? You go like for every year I go away or I do a planning day for myself or are there other things that you do that are part of your rituals as well? I think when I think about um, what I really like, um, I love baking and I love uh, I love drinking coffee. And there's things like so I sent, set these little, um, I suppose, technical challenges for myself, um, which are around like can you can you make, and this is, you know, it must sound slightly mad, can you make a set of muffins where you have done the minimum number of uh, stirring of the bowl and you still achieve a lightness and fluffiness and an otherwise, you know, great, you know, like it's it's a form of art, but it's like it's like a creative food challenge. So there's that and there's getting the perfect shot, um, neither of which I think I've quite perfected. And they're the sort of things which I suppose focus my attention on, like, you know, can I keep, can I keep perfecting and can I get this thing to be, you know, absolutely spot on? And they're like when I think about wellness, I'm like that's for me, it's like a personal meditative challenge, I suppose, is can can you keep tweaking this until you get it perfect? I love it. How can you do it? Make them light and fluffy without many many mixes. That's that's awesome. And <laughs> if, if people want to get in contact with you, what platforms or website, what, what's the best way for people to find you and connect with you? Um, absolutely. Connect with me over on LinkedIn. Um, my uh, name there is Alicia Cook 99 and, um, yeah, Feel free to send me a message and have a chat. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time and um, really looking forward to um, connecting you to our audience and for sharing some of your wisdom. Really appreciate it hanging. If you want to hang on for a couple of minutes, we'll talk a little bit more, but really appreciate it having you on today, Josia. Thank you. No problem, Shivani. Thank you. I'm Shivani Gupta and you've been listening to the Grow Your Business podcast. I hope you've got one idea that you can think about or perhaps even implement straight away in your business. Thank you for listening. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn under Ask Shivani. Remember I call it Ask Shivani, so please send me your questions that I can address in this podcast for you. And I would also so appreciate if you went to the Apple podcast to rate and review this podcast. 